On the first day of kindergarten, you were introduced to rules. Raise your hand when you want to say something. Keep your hands and feet to yourself, Amber. Use inside voices. Don't put others down. Stay in line. These rules were for the sake of a safe, respectful, and orderly school. Of course, some kids seemed incapable of keeping the rules. In my elementary school, there were always the same four or five kids that ended up in the principal's office every day after recess. And then there were the, the other kids who kept the rules to a T and tattled when others didn't. Our story in Luke is about that second kind of kid. Here's a problem, not only, or a, or a less, more of a pitfall. Here's a pitfall, not only with religion, but with any kind of ideology, any kind of thing that people wholeheartedly believe in. It doesn't take long for dualistic thinking to infiltrate. Let me explain. In a dualistic mindset, everything is either absolutely right or absolutely wrong. There's no in-between. Lines are drawn. You're either with us or against us. You're either conservative or liberal. You're either progressive or reactionary. You're either ELCA or Missouri Synod. Obsessing over rules and boundaries has not gone away. Rigid dualism certainly hasn't gone away. On the contrary, it's dividing the church and the country more than ever. First century Palestine was similar in some ways. There wasn't Judaism, there were Judaisms. If you were born wealthy and powerful, you were likely a Sadducee, the group that kept, uh, that was in charge of the temple. They only accepted the first five books of the Bible and did not accept the resurrection. They believe this life is all there is, you die, that's it. If you were fortunate enough to be born in a household of some means, enough for you to be literate but not enough to be a Sadducee, you were likely a Pharisee. Pharisees, unlike Sadducees, had connections with everyday people. They sought to live out their faith. They wanted to bring holiness into daily life. They acknowledged the whole Hebrew Bible, as well as the resurrection. In many ways, despite all the conflict we see in the Gospels, Jesus was very similar to the Pharisees. They, he built his ministry on teachers they both esteemed. Of course, if you were disgusted with the state of the faith and saw the temple and its priesthood as irredeemably corrupt, you might have joined the Essenes out in the desert waiting for the final judgment to come. And if you were convinced that salvation would come only through the violent expulsion of the Romans, or if you just wanted to kill people, you might have been part of a group of zealots. Fishers among these various groups were pronounced and until the destruction of the temple insurmountable, which makes it extraordinary that Jesus' disciples come from all walks of Judaism, different kinds of Judaisms. So what might happens here might actually be the Pharisees trying to correct one they see as a natural ally. 
They're stunned when they see Jesus' followers picking grain in the fields. It might sound trivial to us today, but for them, this is serious business. God clearly says, don't work on the Sabbath, the seventh day, which is Saturday. That's in the Bible, several places. And according to their interpretation, picking heads of grain counts as work. But that's nothing compared to the betrayal they might feel when Jesus slaps them in the face by healing that man on the Sabbath in the synagogue. It wasn't a medical emergency. Surely Jesus could have waited one more day, right? To them, it's as if Jesus is being blatantly capricious about keeping about God's law. Just breaking the rules because he can. And God's law is certainly important. The law outlines God's vision for all creation, including humanity. The law goes into great detail, describing how human beings are to relate to God, to each other, and to the rest of creation. However, for these religious leaders, the rules have stopped being about God's vision and more about gatekeeping about keeping people in their place, about making sure that the right people are in charge, about keeping their own power at the expense of everyone else. Does that sound familiar? It still goes on. We struggle with the same thing. We struggle in the church and out and in the wider world with gatekeeping. Nope, that's the wrong way to do that with a dualistic mindset that makes some people superior to other people. Luke hits the exact right word to describe the religious leader's reaction to Jesus healing that man. Our version translates it, they were filled with fury, but it's much more than fury. The religious leaders were filled with a mindless, stupid rage. That's what the Greek word Anoia means a stupid, mindless rage. Their entire way of being, their privilege, all of that is threatened by Jesus' healing in the synagogue that day. But Jesus is not dissuaded by this reaction. He pays no heed to threats. Jesus is on a mission to inaugurate the reign of God. And that reign requires some reevaluation of what the rules are for. The rules are not for gatekeeping or power tripping. They're not for determining who's in and who's out. God's rules are intended for the greater good of God's creation. Jesus keeps God's rules, but he keeps them in a way that brings life, healing, and restoration to people. Jesus goes beyond the boundaries the traditional boundaries of the rules in order to fulfill the greater rule at the root of them all, the rule of love. In Galatians 5, 6, Paul talks about this rule when he urges the church to remember that old identities and old ideologies mean nothing in the light of the gospel's realities. 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Remember, that was a question about identity more than anything else. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. Faith working through love is the root of the Christian life. We have been liberated by Jesus Christ to live new lives for him, for the creation, for all people. Jesus has liberated us from following rules for their own sake, from using rules as a means to gatekeep others or to enrich ourselves at their expense. We, cannot, we can see not only the rules in a new light, but other people in a new light, not as enemies, as people on the wrong side, but as beloved children of God for whom Jesus died to liberate and redeem. What a better way to look at the world, a much healthier way. It's a way that doesn't require defensiveness or fear. Jesus' way, the way of love, gives us God's perspective, not just on our neighbors, but on ourselves as well. Jesus will stop at nothing to unite humanity in love. That means we don't have to pretend anymore. We don't have to grasp for status or privilege or draw those rigid boundaries to make sure that we're on the right side and they're not. We can simply be the children of God in Christ that God intended us to be. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you did not let a rigid interpretation of the rules stop you from bringing the healing of God's reign. Help us to let go of our dualism, our tribalism, and embrace your ways of being. Amen.